Alright guys, welcome to episode 37 of a Kenny For Your Thoughts podcast. But is it really just wait, episode 37? Wait, 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 hold on. Hold on, what the fuck? Is this is the Kenny For Your Thoughts podcast? I could have sworn this was Flashback Wrestling. Well, what the fuck, Kenny? What, what happened here? Well, you're kind of right, bro, because we're doing the first ever... Kenny for your thoughts, flashback wrestling, joint simulcast. You can see the graphics right there if you're watching us on YouTube. Looks a little bit like the WCW, uh, WWF Raw simulcast, doesn't it? All I got to say, Kenny, is welcome to a Kenny for your flashback. I love it. Oh, shit. I love it. If you're not watching the Super Show <laughs> right now on YouTube, you're doing something wrong, guys. But we are here. I mean, this is a huge episode. We're, I guess Brandon's here too. Should we mention that Brandon's here? Oh, thanks, up, guys. I, re- I really appreciate that. You know, it's good to see you, Wesley. It's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. Brandon. It's good to see you too, dude. This time I, I mean, can actually hear you. Yeah, we had some technical difficulties the last time, but now we can hear each other. That's and true. I'm not I, just I totally forgot screaming about at Kenny. That. The last time Wesley was on was uh, the right before WrestleMania, and we literally could not hear Brandon, and it was the funniest thing. So he would be responding to Brandon having no idea what he said. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, that's the episode where I feel like Brandon and I related the most. Right. Yes. <laughs> because Brandon, <laughs> because Brandon couldn't really say his shit to you. You know, he knew yeah. he couldn't. You couldn't yeah. Him, so, you know, he couldn't rib you. <laughs> uh, but it, hey, dude, it was funny. But, it worked out. <laughs> but anyway, but hey, man, here. Th- thank you for bro, oh, bro, or I mean, thank you for coming on. Either way, right? Because thank you. I mean, for welcome to a, right. Welcome, yay! No, dude, welcome to Flashback Wrestling. Welcome to Kenny for your thoughts. The first Super Show. You know, if this works out, we might even do more, man. Oh, oh man. man, the funny part is like I don't know if you remember, but the the first time we we kind of talked, we we talked about doing like some super shows or something in the future, and and, and here we are, man. Like six months later, um, the moment is now, dude. The moment has come, and I even <laughs> made some fancy graphics for you. I told you I would make it look like WWF Raw, and it did. That's why I love my Vince McMahon intro. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Monday Night Raw. Are you gonna make uh, some Titantrons for everybody, Kenny? You put me on the spot, bro. How, how am I going to make Titan Trots for everybody? <laughs> I can do it. Brandon, why don't you just... Let's do, let's do a live-action Titan Tron right now. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah, Brandon. Do I need to start yeah. slamming stuff and, like, right. dancing? Yeah, just pose. Just start posing, and then I'll throw up a name uh, name logo. Uh, guys, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that we all have our locations available at the top left of our screens. Uh, Wesley in Los Angeles, me in Tampa, and Brandon in the deepest part of hell. <laughs> It's hot. <laughs> Hell is hot. It's hot here too, dude. It's probably about the same temperature here in, here in LA than it is over there. But yeah, fans, of, fans of flashback wrestling, fans of Kenny for your thoughts, why are you here, right? Well, you're here to discuss, or to listen to us discuss, I should say, one uh, enigmatic uh, superstar in the history of professional wrestling. A very, very controversial guy. A guy who still... Even though he's been gone from the wrestling business for what? What's it been, Wesley? Like five years? Yeah, five years, dude. Yeah. What, 2013? 2014. 14, yeah. 2014? So fucking five years. Wow, dude. It's crazy to even think that. Like, it seems like yesterday that he walked out, you know what I'm saying? And I kept expecting him to come back. Exactly. He's been gone for half a decade, to put in perspective. And here we are to discuss CM Punk and more specifically, the summer of punk. So let's show that right now. Here. 
And we are back. I couldn't, I couldn't let, Brandon was talking about Titantron, so I had to pull up CM Punk's Titantron last minute there and throw it in there. So, you're welcome for that, guys. Do we have everyone's attention now? Do we have Very everyone's nice. attention? We fucking better, we sure as hell better, dude. Oh, man. What's crazy is, like, people are still, like, clamoring to have him come back after he's been gone all this time. And they're like, oh, he's going to show up to AEW. Like, these people, it's just like building anticipation. I mean, he might not come back at all, but it's still crazy. Uh, the popularity he still has, you know, and the fan base after after all this time. I mean, definitely, dude. I mean, 2011 changed the game. I've always referred to the summer of punk as the renaissance, you know what I'm saying, like the, the turning point in pro wrestling. Because if you really look at it, up to that point, John Cena was still the top, you know what I'm saying, the top draw, the top babyface. Like, people were still, like, whether they liked it or not, they were still accepting it. You know what I'm saying? And CM Punk came and he was a, you know, a, he disrupted the system. And he opened everyone's eyes and opened everybody, you know, their, their mind to be like, you know what, I really don't fucking like John Cena. I'm kind of sick of this whole PG era. And Punk kind of kicks off the reality era, you know what I'm saying, with that pipe bomb promo. Sitting Indian style on the, I'm sorry, crisscross applesauce. I got to be politically correct now. <laughs> whoa, 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 can't say that. <laughs> What? Wait, this is a thing now? No, it's a it's 100% yeah, it's a thing. thing now, dude. Oh, no. I mean, I, mean, right, I, I, agree. Careful, I totally agree with Wesley, though. It's like, it's one, it really opened our eyes to the state of professional wrestling. And I think the reason uh, Wesley and I, and you speak up if, if I'm wrong here, I think the reason we almost agreed to talk about CM Punk is because we're on another renaissance of professional wrestling here. It's something where, you know, AEW is coming into play. There's rumors of CM Punk going going over there. So now it, it's kind of, we're in almost that same kind of timeline where wrestling has just gotten stale. The WWE is just resting on their laurels. And, you know... It, it might take a CM Punk or a John Moxley, for that matter, to completely change the business again. Yeah, I completely agree, dude. Um, I feel like Punk would be an asset for AEW right now. And if Cody's not in his ear just trying to fucking talk him out of it, like, I don't know what will. But to be, to be fair, I feel like this is the best opportunity for him to really make a return to pro wrestling and stick it to WWE. You kill two birds with one stone, you know what I'm saying? Like, his... The death blow is CM Punk shows up on, on, on AEW. That's the death blow, dude. Because that means immediately, the first time that AEW has a show like a, uh, on air, they, they debut on TNT, and CM Punk is you know advertised to be on it, they're gonna crush them in the ratings. It's not even gonna be close. They're gonna they're gonna do any. They're gonna do ten times the ratings that WWE did that week, probably combined from Raw and SmackDown just on that one show because CM Punk is that much of an attention magnet he has he's been gone for five years you know the first time he's actually gonna step in a wrestling ring and cut a promo or just even speak his mind at all it's gonna be fucking massive but but i will ask like um do you think his run in mma uh will hurt him or hurt hurt him coming back i think it will as far as being a draw only if he takes it too seriously only if he doesn't want people to, you know, bring it up. Because honestly, he's the king of the pipe bombs, so he should understand. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's fair game. You got your ass beat in MMA, bro. You know, it is what it is. It's not, you know, I'm saying this is a work. It's all, it's, it's all a work. Um, but if if somebody, if for whatever reason, he had some sort of creative control and kept someone from mentioning his MMA run, or came in and said, hey, hey, I don't want to, don't, don't talk, talk about, about my UFC, UFC run, run, it would, it would seem, seem disingenuous. disingenuous. You know what I'm saying? Almost because. because you know, yeah, it's, it's professional, professional wrestling. wrestling. 
Um, the problem, best stuff that's based in real stuff, life, that's you know based in real life, you know what I'm saying? That, that, that has, that, that it, has and I think behind it, and I think if he says, look, dude, I went, to, I went to the UFC, yeah, it didn't go well, I'm back now, you know, blah, blah, blah. If, he's, if he owns it, I think it'll, it'll be okay. And I don't think he'll be that much of a, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just think it's a different era, you know? Back in the day, you, you lose on your way out, you kind of lose a little bit of luster, you know? Like, you know, there's that famous line when Ric Flair lost on his way out of... Uh, of WWE, I think it was Bill Watts said, well, what good are you now? You just lost on your way out. But it, it, he didn't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he didn't know what he was talking about. It's a, it's a different time now. Like, wins and losses, as much as I hate to say that they don't mean as much, they really don't, but we've kind of got desensitized to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, Moxley lost every fucking match on his way out, you know? He, he lost to EC3, and I love EC3, but EC3's <laughs> being treated like a joke. So he lost to EC3, he was about to get jobbed up to fucking Nia, and um and look at him now, IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, the hottest fucking name in the business, bar none right now. Um, I I don't know, man. I, I just don't think it matters the same anymore. I, I I can agree with that. I don't think it matters at all because you know, and ironically enough, it was Vince McMahon that that killed kayfabe in about 1999. So it, it's we're at a time period where we don't necessarily care if somebody's coming. Down. I mean, you look at Brock. And I hate to say this, but you look at you at Brock Lesnar, you look at Ronda Rousey, and, and Wesley's going to roll his eyes as soon as I mention them. <laughs> but, like, if you look at these people that have come to WWE, they came off of losses. So it's not going to matter that CM Punk is coming off of a loss uh, or a couple losses at UFC. Uh, he still well, has fair, credibility. He didn't, he didn't get choked out and knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> I Except did. he really did. I, I Except really, all I'm saying is he better be able to fucking – he better be eligible to, to main event WrestleMania because – he got choked out and knocked out, and so did that bitch. And she- <laughs> uh, for for anybody who, who's not understanding, Wesley does not like Ronda Rousey whatsoever. <laughs> and it all stems from CM Punk. That's the beauty of this. It, it all ties together. CM Punk brainwashed me so badly as when he walked out, um, as because he kind of implied that it was because Batista had been given an out, you know, an outsider had been given the main event spot at WrestleMania. So it made me, it kind of opened my eyes and made me come to that realization like, yo, dude, as much as I love Batista, at this point, at that point, he was an outsider. And I don't feel like you deserve, if you're not there grinding, and that's the one part where I will give Ronda Rousey credit, she, at least she was there for the entirety of the calendar year, you know what I'm saying? Like, she missed a couple shows here and there, but for the most part, while she was Raw's Women Champion, at least she was on the fucking show, you know what I'm saying? Like, Batista legit showed up a month before you know, two months before WrestleMania and was slotted in as the fucking main event. That was bullshit. Um, I personally don't like Ronda Rousey. I don't like all the hype that was around her twice. Um, but still, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I do give her credit for at least having been, been there for the entire year. I don't like outsiders, dude. I don't, I don't feel that it's fair that a guy like, you know what I'm saying, that CM Punk or Daniel Bryan or any of the fucking guys that are out there working all year and breaking their fucking asses, you know, breaking their backs day in and day out don't get a good spot at WrestleMania because, you know, as much as I love him, The Rock decides to come back, or as much as I love him, Dave Batista decides to come back. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't see that that's fair. I mean, it's a great point. I mean, you know, I normally, I mean, the last time we had you on, on my podcast, um, I was basically defending uh, Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey, and, and to some degree, I still defend them per se, but, like, my eyes have kind of been open to the fact that, you know, uh, there's a reason why the CM Punks of the world are popular. AEW is built on the concept of, you know, someone like a CM Punk. Like, people who don't t- theoretically belong in the mainstream of WWE. The WWE product 
is, you know, that's why people gravitated to CM Punk. Uh, he was not Batista. He was not Brock Lesnar. He was not John Cena. He was not the prototypical WWE superstar. He was a guy that, I mean, quite, look, look at us, by the way. Thank you, by the way. I got the hat memo. All of us are wearing our caps here. I got the memo, and I appreciate it. Uh, but, you know, like... Let's go leg show. <laughs> but he appealed... We're back, baby. We're back. We're back. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he appealed to guys like us because, you know, we, could, we felt like we could be in the wrestling business. And that's not a knock on CM Punk, but he felt like one of us as opposed to feeling like a larger-than-life superstar like the WWE has to offer. But at the same time, you handed CM Punk a microphone, and all bets were off. So, Yeah, absolutely. And I feel I go back to something Daniel Bryan said during his you know, run-up to, to WrestleMania 30, and it's like when he was talking to the authority, he says, you don't know how much these people want to see somebody like them succeed. And that's what it really was. It's like all of us aren't 6'5", you know, 275 pounds, 300 pounds of muscle. Most of us are average size, you know what I'm saying, like average build. And to see a guy like CM Punk or to see a guy like Daniel Bryan in there representing us, basically, it, it, you know, and, and Punk took it to the next level because he was the voice of the voiceless, you know what I'm saying? Like he said what we were all thinking. There was millions of people that were watching Raw that day when he's sitting up on that stage cutting that pipe bomb, thinking like, legit going like, oh shit, I, I feel everything he's saying. I'm sick of John Cena. I'm sick of the fucking... You you know what I'm saying? I'm sick of the machine. I'm sick of the of the company. Where the fuck are the ice cream bars? How come we haven't seen them in forever? You know what I'm saying? Like he, he hit the nail on the head. I mean, absolutely. And I it was funny though. I mean, I don't know about you all, but didn't it feel like the summer of punk came out of nowhere? Like Yeah. It, it, it did. didn't feel like I mean it, we thought we were just getting the average uh summer slam, you know, the kind of the the just the norm. And in one night, CM Punk completely changed the industry, which is which is kind of what I wanted to talk about right now. Uh, we're not here to talk about CM Punk's whole backstory, by the way. We're just specifically here to talk about the Summer of Punk because we could be here all night if we were talking about CM Punk and what uh, the impact he had on professional wrestling. Uh, but Brandon, I think I think you have something prepared for this, so um, I'm going to show it right here. Um, what we're going to talk about is the CM Punk pipe bomb. Sit there, hopefully as comfortable as you possibly can be. I want you to listen to me. I want you to digest this because before I'm replaced as co-host, when I leave with your 24-7 championship, I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. I don't hate you, Kenny. I don't even dislike you. I do like you. I like you a hell of a lot more than I like most people in the YWC. But I hate the idea that you're the best. <laughs> Because you're not. I'm the best. I'm the best in the world. There is one thing you're better than me at, and that's kissing the WWE's ass. You're as good as the ass kisser of WWE as Hulk Hogan was. I mean, I don't know if you're as good as what culture. They're pretty good ass kissers. Always were and still are. Sorry, I'm breaking the fourth wall, guys. Listen, Kenny. Oh, shit. That is the I'm tiniest the best. shit I've ever seen him do co-host in the world all right i've been the best ever since day one when we started this podcast i've been vilified and hated for it since that day jockey full of bourbon saw something in me that nobody else wanted to admit that's right i'm a jockey full of bourbon guy you know who else is a bourbon guy 
Big D Drew. Okay? But the biggest difference between me and Big D Drew, I'm going to leave with the 24-7 championship. You know, I, I've grabbed so many of Kenny's brass rings, it finally dawned on me that they're just that. They're completely imaginary. I mean, the only thing that's real is me. And the fact that day in and day out, for almost a year, I've proved to everybody in the world that I'm the best on this microphone, in a promo, even in commentary. <laughs> Nobody can touch me, all right? And yet, no matter how many times I prove it, I'm not on your little coffee mug. I'm barely promoted, you know? I don't, I don't get to be on Flashback Wrestling <laughs> or that ass podcast. I'm certainly not on any cracker show in the U.S. I mean, look, oh, shit. My name isn't on the signature that's produced at the start of the show. I'm not on Chris Van Vliet, but the fact of the matter is, I should be. All right? And trust me, this isn't sour grapes, all right? This isn't sour grapes. But the fact that Wesley is the main event of this episode, and I'm not, makes me sick. And hey, let me get something straight. Those of you who are laughing with me right now, you're just as big a part of me being replaced as anything else. Because you're the <laughs> oh, ones who are sipping on those coffee mugs right now. <laughs> you're the ones who buy those t-shirts that my face isn't on. And then on your little podcast, you laugh and try to shove it in my face that I'm a casual fan because I can't stay awake at 2 in the morning watching a crappy Monday Night Raw. <laughs> you know what? I'm leaving with the 24-7 championship. And hell, who knows? Maybe I'll go and defend it on All Elite Podcast. You know what? Maybe I'll go on AC from New York. Oh, Hi. shit! How you doing? Uh, What's sad is after I'm gone, you're still going to pour money into this podcast. I'm just a spoke in the wheel. You will going to keep turning. I understand that. Father Kenny is going to make money despite himself. He's a millionaire who should be a billionaire. You know why he's not a billionaire? Because he surrounds himself with glad-handed, nonsensical douchebags, <laughs> yes-men, like Russell Marvel for 333, who's going to tell him whatever he wants to hear. <laughs> I'd like to think that maybe the podcast would get better, you know, after I'm gone. But the fact is, it's just going to be taken over by his adorable daughter or his stupid friends. <laughs> Sorry about Father Kenny, all right? We did this whole lift ride thing, and then he took- Cut his mic. Cut his mic. Cut his mic. God, that shit was fucking epic. Brandon, you just made my fucking week, dude. Oh my God. Holy- Hats off, sir. Lee. Hats off. Holy- Brandon, I think you're back, by the way. I think I put your mic back on. It's okay. My back. Yeah, but no, no, let back. me talk. There's, uh, you're done. Your your promo's done. Kenny, Brandon will kick you in the balls, and you'll sit there and smile and like uh, it. <laughs> I'm I'm at a loss for words right now because that might have been the greatest thing that Brandon's ever done on this podcast, ever. And and, and of course he waited for it to be broadcast to a bigger audience, twice the audience, because Wesley, your your audience is going to get to hear all of that as well. <laughs> oh, you're you're a smart man, Brandon. You're a smart man. I, you know, I just had to get off my chair. I can't believe know, I, I, you know, it's funny. I messaged him today. Like, I'll break the fourth wall here, so to speak. I messaged him today and I said, hey, would you want to read the CM Punk promo on air? 
And he's like, yeah, I guess I will, you know. And then he, I guess he pre-recorded it. But I said, ah, just fuck it. We don't got time. Just do it live. And he's like, okay, cool. I had no idea that he had changed anything about the promo. I thought he was going to read it verbatim. So <laughs> that was a surprise to me. So if anyone on Instagram was watching or, you know, on, on our YouTube or listening on, on Flashback Wrestling right now, and you just heard me dying I was turning beet red. That was that was great, Brandon. I have nothing but good things to say about that. Tiff Tiff is popping right now because you mentioned her podcast. Fernando's popping right now because you mentioned him. Uh, holy crap! Like literally, who didn't you mention in that promo? I tried to hit everybody. Everybody that was relevant. So Brandon Brandon Brown is now the CM Punk of this podcast. I I, I can't even be <laughs> mad at you the rest of the episode now, Brandon. <laughs> Damn, yeah, it's going to be really hard to shit on you this episode. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, we are very obviously... Yeah, it's going to be hard. Yeah, we're very obviously the second <laughs> and third wheel of this podcast episode now. So, Brandon, you take over, since since this is your show now. <laughs> no, no, I was just... Uh, no, you mentioned uh, doing the Summer Punk thing, so I went back and, and watched the promo because I'd forgotten... Uh, I hadn't seen it in a while, and I'd forgotten, like... I guess just how good it was at the time because... It, everything was so PG, right? At at that right. time, it, I guess. I guess because wasn't uh, wasn't like Linda running for office or something right. around yeah, then? So I want to say two thousand eight and on uh, was heavily PG. I think a lot of people take that for granted now. WWE is still a PG product, but like they were they very PG now, yeah. back then. It was like so bad PG like back then. Uh, Wesley, would you agree with that? Yeah, man, it was horrible, and that's honestly why someone like me fell out of love with it. Um, I've, I've written about it before, obviously, guys, all my listeners that are listening right now, you should be familiar with it. I, Dear WrestleMania was basically like my story to Wrestle, uh, my letter to WrestleMania, but it was also like my story of how I fell in love, how, how I felt in love, and then out of love, and then back into in love with uh, professional wrestling and the PG era, and that's where my hate for John Cena comes from. I know a lot of my followers and a lot of people. That, you know, follow the podcast and stuff, know that I can't fucking stand John Cena. And that's the reason why. I, I feel like John Cena ruined something that I loved since I was a little kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, I loved it with all my heart, and then he made me embarrassed to be a wrestling fan because he made it corny. And, you know, I know it's not all him, but he was the fucking flag bearer, so he yeah. takes the oh, yeah, to the fucking... definitely. He was the face hate. of it, yeah. So, when he did that, like, I was out, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was done. I, I would check back in, you know, periodically. Sean and, Sean and Flair... We're a big part of that, that match, just WrestleMania, and then, you know, Sean and Taker, like, I was still checking in periodically, big pay-per-views, Mania, a Raw here, a Raw there, you know what I'm saying, but I wasn't, I wasn't all in, you know, no pun intended, and then, um, then I was watching, ironically, I was watching, I started watching, like, two, three weeks before, when Punk was doing the whole thing with, uh, being on commentary, and then taking over Nexus, he was the new Nexus, um, leader, and, and I think that's one of the funny things that, like, that kind of goes forgotten now. If CM Punk's wearing a Nexus armband during that whole promo, you know right. what I'm saying? Like he's still leader of the Nexus technically at that point. And um, and I just remember watching it like coincidentally. I wasn't even like I said all in at that point. I was still just checking in here and there. And I was lucky enough to have caught it. And I remember watching it and just thinking like, oh shit, this isn't this is a part. This ain't part of the show. You know what I'm saying? Like he he worked me. You know, you come to find out it's a work shoot or at least. The idea of it was they didn't know what he was going to cover. That's obviously why they cut his mic at the end there. But, um, but yeah, no, man, it was a shot in the arm that professional wrestling needed. And it's kind of like you were in this PG bubble, and out of nowhere, this fucking guy comes and he burst that whole fucking bubble. And now we're back in a kind of like 
uh, I won't say, we're not fully back to where we were, but we're in the middle ground, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like they, were, they started taking steps towards it, which is why it was so frustrating that they lost interest in Punk and then they started kind of jobbing about it. Triple H gets a lot of heat, and a lot of it is un, unwarranted because I think people just don't like him, but it's he definitely deserves the heat for pulling the plug on the Summer of Punk and for inserting himself into that storyline and not putting Punk over. Um, with the with the Summer of Punk stuff, I mean, we we talked about it. It's like, yeah, he was wearing a Nexus armband. Um, that comes that goes back to me saying it kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, he was kind of floundering in mid card hell. I don't know if anyone remembers this. Didn't he? He fe- he fought Randy Orton in, in pretty much a waste match at that WrestleMania, and that was his frustration um, because you know here's a guy who deserves to be in the main event, but you got Cena versus The Miz in the main event of WrestleMania 27 with The Rock, you know, Dwayne, as he put it, you know, just having his fingerprints all over it. So he was very frustrated. And they let, to WWE's credit, they realized his contract was coming up, and they were just like, let's let's go with this. Let's go with this. Let's let this guy speak about his frustrations and what, what harm can it do. And I think that was the right call because, I mean, you know, Wesley, you said you just so happened to tune in. Um, I vividly remember thinking, like, what in the hell is going on right now? Like, the only thing, the, ir- the irony, the, the last time I had felt like that was the year before when the Nexus had completely just tore up uh, the raw set. But this one felt like, okay, at least I can say that one was a storyline, but this one felt like, wait, is it a storyline? Because he literally just has a live mic and he's speaking. And the things he's saying, like when he says, you know, all the way at the end, when he's like, I would like to think that th- this company would be better when Vince McMahon is dead. I was like, whoa, like, and, you know, he's talking about New Japan, Ring of Honor. He's talking about, I mean, Brandon, Brandon did a re- rendition of it. I guess I should, I don't have to explain, but it, it felt really real and organic. And it, I think here's a question. Do you think it would have meant as much if it had come in the time period where WWE was TV 14? Or did it mean no, more that it was yeah. PG at that time for Punk to say right. all the things he said? Yeah, I, I think since it was just so PG, finally, you know, do it. Then it's like shocking because we just got so used to the product being so PG that when you have this, you know, promo, it's like work shoot, you know, come out that it's sort of just, you know, it's shocking. It's like you're not expecting it. And so it makes it work, you know, that much better. Um, so I definitely think it's it's certainly one of those like you know best moments of the sort of the PG era. Um, like I said, yeah, I mean I don't know if it would have worked as well in in other eras, but you know it, it worked here for, for what it needs to be. It's perfect yeah, for the time. I pretty much agree with you, Brandon. That's that's how I feel too. Because um, here's the crazy thing: in in a more wild, you know, let, let's say what let's say what we're all thinking in the Attitude Era, it wouldn't have stood out because if you really look at it. It's a, it's the pipe bomb and it's you know it's, it's it is, but he doesn't really say anything that's not PG in it. You know what I'm saying? Like right. he doesn't curse. He doesn't you know. There's no sexual content. There's nothing right. explicit about it. Right. All it was was frustrations. It, he, all he did was say you know he really was the voice of the voiceless because there was people that were echoing those feelings that did just didn't have the platform for it. And um, so I feel like yeah, it, it he bursted us out of the out of the PG era. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know if we're st- I, I don't know if, if if the era was really a thing, if we're ever going to look back and call a certain amount of time period in WWE history the reality era, but I do remember after that, like people were saying he ushered in that reality era because it, yep. it, you know, it, he kind of helped blur the lines again. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it just he he's intent. I mean, it's been five years and we and we hold it at such a high you know praise. 
in 10 years, you know, we'll, we'll be able to see. Because it really, if you look at it, he kind of sparked, he kind of sparked, you know, I'll tell you one thing, just from a personal way, he sparked this podcast. Because had he not, had he not done that, had he not sat on that stage that night and cut that promo, I don't jump into wrestling full time again. I just periodically keep peeking in. And who knows where that goes, you know what I'm saying? Like, all I know is that CM Punk helped me get completely jump, you know, dive head first. And it wasn't even solely that promo. It was the fact that he won at uh, at Money in the Bank. The victory, that was one of the big, that's top five shocking moments in my entire professional wrestling fandom. The wow. fact that he won it. Not the promo. The promo was cool and the pro- everything was awesome. And I go back and I still, when I first got the network, I would do it more, you know, like in shorter, you know, d- distances from each other. But I still watch that promo and I still watch the, the video package. Because it was so epic, you know what I'm saying? Like everything that he said, everything that he did, the whole, you know, WWE's elite in, in terms of video packages and production value. And um, that's one of my favorite ones that they ever did because they, they were able to tell the entire story and, and, and it gets you hyper. Like, like I've showed it to casual fans, I've showed it to laps fans, and they're just like, oh shit, like I need to watch this, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it, I don't know, man, it's just something that it, it can't even be. It, you can't even put other ones in that category, really, because out of importance, that was one of the most important promos that ever happened in professional wrestling because it got us to where we are right now. Yeah, I mean, so we're, we're talking about Money in the Bank, <clears throat> and that's where I wanted to lead to, which was, you know, that promo meant a lot in the history of professional wrestling, but I don't think it would have meant shit if CM Punk didn't win the title um, at Money in the Bank. Um, CM Punk... Also, I mean, people forget, remember, he was that was in Chicago. That was his hometown. Like, there was a lot of things that WWE did right with this storyline. We're not getting to the wrong yet. This is We're still in the right. Um, the fact that, you know, this event, they knew it was in Chicago. They knew Punk's contract was coming up around this time. Um, and they decided to run with this storyline. And then not only just run with it, but to almost put the Rock John Cena stuff on the back burner... And let Punk win the title, let everything happen, going into a June pay-per-view. Because remember, this is, this is quote-unquote, the cold part of professional wrestling. Remember, we've, we've discussed this, Brandon. This is usually WrestleMania season's hot. They kind of dip around the, the May, June, June, July even area. And then they come back in August. But here, we had one of the hottest storylines in professional wrestling at, you know, at the time, what would be considered a waste pay-per-view, Money in the Bank. Uh, I don't I don't call it a waste pay-per-view now, but it, it, the fact that CM Punk won, the fact that CM Punk won, I, I was shocked. At home, I was like, there's no way, because I know professional wrestling is fake, but I did not know what was going on in that storyline. I was like, is he, is this contract expired? Is he done with WWE and he just won the title? What's going on? So what are everybody's thought, everybody's thoughts on that? When he won the title... Uh, did you think he was still with the company? Did you take that as, oh, he must have resigned, or did you kind of get your, uh, you know, suspend your disbelief for a little bit? I suspended my disbelief. I know, I know, I did. I wanted to. I wanted to be lost. This is a story where, like, it had been so long since I had felt so emotionally invested, and that's the thing is they got me emotionally invested. I wanted to see Punk win, and so when he won, but I didn't expect him to. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted to see him win, but I fully expected. You know what I'm saying? Hustle, loyalty, and fucking respect to, to, to be standing tall, you know, at the end of the night. Um, but when he didn't, and when he wins, and, you know, and, and Punk doesn't even get enough credit. Like, John Laurinaitis became a household name, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
20 years after Johnny Ace, you know, uh, because of CM Punk. Um, no, I'm not going to sit here and try to be like, Japan didn't exist before Punk. I'm going to sit there and tell me that a bunch of casual fans, a bunch of fans who had never checked out New Japan ever, didn't turn and check out New Japan after CM Punk name dropped them, then you're fucking tripping. Uh, and CM Punk elevated a lot of Colt Cabana, New Japan, um, he, he elevated himself in, in, in the process. He elevated the entirety of professional wrestling, which is why I think it was so, you know, Ring of Honor, everybody that he name dropped, everything that he did, the ice cream bars probably started, people started, probably started writing in for those. Um, so, I mean, the fact that, and like you said, and all that would have been for nothing had he not won. So when he won, I, I wanted to believe that it was, you know what I'm saying, that it wasn't, that it, that it wasn't, he hadn't resigned leaving. And I think the little meltdown that Vince does at the end where he calls the, Del Rio out, and he gets on the headset and all that. Like that added to the realism a little bit. I so, forgot about uh, I that. Enjoyed. I actually totally forgot about that. Where yeah, he jumps on the headset and basically, because remember guys, like remember what that means, right? Because again, they're trying to make it seem real. Vince jumping on the headset and saying "call out Del Rio" is basically a call to the back. He's basically, if it, if this was real, he's calling to like Kevin Dunn. He's calling to his producers to, to send Del Rio out um, and win this title right now. So it's like. Whoa, he broke that, you know, he broke another wall doing that. Um, I totally forgot about that. Like, I remember thinking, like, what, because he was calling to the back like that, it felt so much more real. So, kudos to Vince McMahon, because I'm sure he was the one that made the call to do all of that. Oh, hell yeah. No, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was cool, but, like, yeah, like you said, I thought maybe he had just sort of resigned with the company, sort of thing uh, at, at that point and was going to be sticking around for a little bit. Um, I didn't know if you were going to get into the to the bad of of, of this run absolutely. over the summer no, yet or not. Absolutely. We're just not there yet. Right now, we're still okay, at the okay. point. Well, we're, we're, we're pretty much there. Because their, first <laughs> mistake, their first mistake was when the wheels start to fall off is when they get impatient, right? You know what I'm saying? Like right. They should have had CM Punk off the of TV, off of WWE television for at least a month. And to me, that's even too much. They should have built this shit up until at least SummerSlam. Like I don't understand why he had to be why he had to be rushed back so so quickly. To me, this is something you hold on to even past SummerSlam. You 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 do it at the Survivor Series. You know what I'm saying? Like you have. Here's the thing. CM Punk had the had the potential to be the modern day Sting in the sense of talk, but in the sense of he just. He's, he's a prop to the show, you know what I'm saying? Him and that title. You can still have your champion, but every time John Cena comes out or every time whoever, anybody comes out, you cut to, you know what I'm saying, like the cameras can't help but cut to CM Punk in the arena or in the crowd. And you have him, you have him defend the title and, you know, whatever small territories that you own at the time that you're doing, you know, because it, it, it fed into the character. But they got impatient, you know what I'm saying? And, and they, they rushed him back way too – they had him off for a fucking week, dude. That was ridiculous. <laughs> like, that, you yeah. It didn't make sense to me. They needed to pop the rating. So coming off of Money in the Bank, I don't know if you all remember this. I'll throw it up on the screen right now. I think they still did it right because uh, if you all don't remember, uh, this was the tweet he sent out maybe like 24 hours later. Um, So if you don't remember, if you're joining us in audio land right now, uh, it's basically, it's 12 a.m. Do you know where your WWE champion is? You know, hashtag money in the bank at CM Punk. The champ is here. And it's the WWE title inside of CM Punk's fridge. It was the most ingenious thing because, it's again, it came across like, oh, this guy, this guy is gone from WWE. And he's, you know, just he's disrespecting the company. 
And then uh, to Wesley's point, WWE, you know, it's and the the example I always use, you know, as I say, this storyline to me is like the you know the first time someone has sex. Like at first, it's great, but then, you know, we have we have something where because you had sex for the first time, you're like you're trying to rush back to do it again, and it's not as good the second time. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, at, at least um, if your partner is Brandon. Um, but any <laughs> yes, but anyway, I'm getting convoluted. What I'm what I'm trying to say by that is essentially WWE saw dollar signs in their eyes, and they were basically like, "Okay, this is the hottest storyline we got going on right now. Let's throw CM Punk out there." But to Wesley's point, I felt the same exact way, which was give us some time to digest this and make it seem like this is real. Uh, two weeks of CM Punk being off TV was not enough for me to feel like this guy didn't re-sign a contract. They completely, the, the wheels completely came off to me the minute CM Punk showed back up two weeks later because it was just like, oh, okay, he re-signed a new contract, which he did. I mean, he, was it even, they mentioned was it, it even two weeks later? Wasn't it the like? No, it was the next night. They crowned, they crowned <laughs> the new champion, and he comes back on the second week. So it was technically just a one week. Yeah, I guess, like, yeah, I guess they don't even say it like that. They don't even fucking like they give themselves one week before he's back on WWE television. And to me, that's dumb. Like, I mean, I kind of get the concept of you don't want your championship to be off the TV for that long. But then again, fuck, but they Brock Lesnar right. kidnapped title <laughs> no, for a year, basically. And we never saw it. So right. I don't see what the, but, what the damage would have been of just then CM Punk have his, have his, you know, month off or whatever. To me, to me, it was it was good how they did it, though, because they had John Cena. Uh, you know, Rey Mysterio win the title, John Cena win it back off him. Like, they did the right thing in the sense of, like, here, they let's crown a champion because CM Punk is gone. But to me, to have Cena win the title back and then have Punk come out automatically, that was the mistake. You could have ran with Cena. You could have said, same old shit. Here we go again with the WWE. F the WWE. I don't want to talk about this company anymore. Then when CM Punk came back, it would have meant so much more. Um... Exactly, exactly, and and my bad for interrupting no. you, dude. But fuck John Cena, dude. <laughs> You're gonna take Rey Mysterio's one WWE Championship reign and fucking end it in two hours because of that fucking cocksucker? Fuck John Cena. Yeah, oh yeah, and that was actually yeah. People forget that that. Rey Mysterio got fucked over in the storyline too because yeah, Rey Mysterio won his first WWE Championship in that storyline because they were crowning a new champion. And then, like, it was weird because he had won all the title, and then all of a sudden he has to have a match with John Cena, and then John Cena wins the title. So it was like, it go, it didn't help this whole, you know, John Cena is the face of what's wrong with WWE uh, storyline, per se. Uh, it really didn't help. And then, again, I, but it, it feels like for CM Punk to come out two seconds later, that's what completely ruined it. And, and before we discuss more, let me, let's show you all what, what we're talking about here, all right? What a victory for John Cena. What a heartbreak for Rey Mysterio. But that's what this is all about. That's how much the WWE Championship means. There's nothing more time in sports. I mean, 
right here you have the debut of Cult of Personality, which if you were a true fan, you knew whose music that was because you'd used it before on the release. Yeah, see, to me that was a mistake too, the fact, the way that he came back. To me, they should have just let John Cena have his fucking little moment, whatever, and then the next week on Raw, if you're really in the process of rushing it back, the next week on Raw, this McMahon should have made up with John Cena, and they should have been having a John Cena celebration in the ring, and you know, and, and you know, Vince should have been like, let's, let's take a look at how he won the right it's not the fact that he came back it's how they did it it's it's like you said i mean we should have had a moment of John Cena celebrating Vince McMahon saying, you know, this is great. But not only that, it's like, I feel like, I don't know, like I'm conflicted. There, there, there might have been a better way to do it too, not just play Cult of Personality. Like, maybe Cult of Personality should have been playing through his phone on a megaphone. Like, he should have come through the crowd. You get what I'm saying? Like, almost like, think Seth Rollins at, at NXT TakeOver. Like, maybe you should have heard like a... And then you hear like a look in my eyes. And then people are like looking around because obviously it's not playing on the yeah. WWE speakers. And then he comes down shield style. Obviously, this is pre-shield with basically saying like, do I have your attention now? Like he could have said that again, you know, and said and then, you know, but, you know, even if they were going the route of him coming out on the stage and all of that. They did it way too soon. They blew their load way too soon. It's all about, like, we go, <laughs> somebody said it wasn't a good reference, but damn it, well, well, I'm going to make it work. We're, we're talking about sex. Sometimes foreplay <laughs> is the best before you get to the climax of the storyline. You know what I mean? It's, it's like you shouldn't just blow your load and call it a day, Brandon. Look, Look I, I, would I would take, take that, that as, as a compliment, compliment if, if, like, you know, you, know, you blew, blew your load really fast. fast it's like, like, oh, you know, no, you're, you're really into it, talk. right? Why did, why did uh -huh. I let him talk? <laughs> But look, look, this wasn't all bad, though. We still got some good TV. We got some good promos, you know, with CM Punk, Triple H, and then CM Punk and Cena, where actually Cena was coming out with some fire stuff, too, you know, back at CM Punk, you know, in some of their interactions. And then, like, uh, mark out moment for me, even though ultimately it was kind of bad. I guess we'll get to it later. Um, but him even feuding with The Rock, you know, with the title, which is cool because we actually went uh, live to that, too. Yeah, we were actually there live, but that's uh, you know it's funny. I didn't, I wasn't planning to get all the way up to there, but that's that's actually a pretty good, uh, pretty good thing to discuss. I mean, uh, we're, you know, let's let's go. Oh, let's and Kevin talk and Nash, about, forgot Kevin. Yeah, Kevin, yeah. Uh, trust me, I was getting there. But yeah. Wesley, um, let's talk about this going into SummerSlam. What was what was your thoughts on the SummerSlam match with CM Punk? Um. Yeah, you know what? As weird as it is to say, like it already had started to lose its luster for me at that point. Um, even though it was champion versus champion, Cena didn't feel like a real champion. You know what I'm saying? Like he felt like he was the paper champion, and it just felt like why? Why are we acknowledging him as the champ? He was gone one fucking week, like really. So, so during Brock Lesnar's many hiatuses, we could have we could have crowned another champion, like an interim champion, like that. That just did, did it never made sense to me. Um, and they fucking wasted the chance, bro. What the fuck? Like you have. 
two champions, the WWE title, let's recreate, fuck it, SummerSlam, let's recreate the ladder match at WrestleMania 10, have both titles hanging from there. You know, why fuck it? That's you so Dude, I gotta stop you there because, like, that's a fucking great thing to say because you know in 1994 wrestlemania 10 which i think i've, I've said is one of my favorite wrestlemania is like they did the storyline properly there it's a similar storyline where it, the real life situation was i think Shawn michaels had got popped for something drugs or something and so he was on hiatus and in, in the in the meantime razor was crowned the intercontinental champion Shawn didn't come back right away but when he did he basically said what are you holding there buddy because this is the intercontinental championship right here and it, it came across real well, but it was like, okay, you got two champions, there's only one way to sell it. Hang both fucking belts up in the air, and whoever gets them both uh, lays claim to them. Not a pinfall, but literally, go grab both belts to win. And it was the first ladder match. So, sorry to cut you off, Wesley, but that's a very great point. No, dude, you, it's all good. I, fuck, I mean, I just, me personally, I would have I booked it that way. Obviously, it's hindsight booking. Um, but me, I would I would have booked it in a ladder match, uh, and then, I mean, I understand what they did with Del Rio, you know, cashing in. But I just I don't know, man. And then Nash gets involved, and then that's it just, when it, it jumped it the shark. Getting, it jumped the shark. Yeah, it got that really night. convoluted. And, and guys, if you it got really convoluted, it, it, and I just I, I I started to lose interest, and I started to lose like not interest in the sense of like it's weird. Like I was already fully committed back in a WWE, but also at the same time, I was starting to be like, yeah, this is why I kind of left, you know, in the first, like, don't get me wrong, my initial reaction when Nash shows up was just like, OMG, I thought he was dead, but, <laughs> <laughs> so but then afterwards, I was just like, dude, come on, it's not the same, it wasn't the same Nash, you know what I'm saying, like, and, dude, he looked so fucking shook on the mic with CM Punk, like, you could see he was clearly out of his element, like, CM oh, Punk, we will get there, my friend, <laughs> we will get there. Uh, so to cut you off, sorry, uh, but yeah, the, the SummerSlam match. Um, don't get me wrong; I think this is this is revisionist history here. Uh, also, a lot of people are like, "Well, Kevin Nash's involvement was stupid." We all agree on that, yes, a hundred percent. But no one should act like it wasn't a shocking fucking moment that night because remember, Kevin Nash was gone from the WWE since what two thousand three at this point. Like he'd been gone for a while, and then all of a sudden. Kevin Nash, of all people, shows up and attacks CM Punk. At the moment, it felt like a shot in the arm for the storyline. But then, with Del Rio winning the title... Uh, remember, again, if, if you're not remembering the time period, he was the Money in the Bank uh, winner. So he had the briefcase, comes out and cashes on Punk. To me, that was the death... The death... Uh, nail in the coffin for this storyline. Because it was just like, now we're getting a little convoluted. Now I don't even understand why Punk lost the title. Um, and that, it wasn't even Cena that beat him. To me, it's Cena. Like, to go back a little bit further, I don't think Cena should have even been in the second part of the storyline to begin with. I think that's how I felt. It was like, why are we having CM Punk versus John Cena again? Like, Cena, what, Cena lost clean to Punk. That's how I felt. Uh, to, to Punk's, to Punk's uh, credit, and that's probably why he felt the way he felt, it was all strictly because of, of the Rock versus versus uh, John Cena storyline. Uh, because if you think about it, if that match isn't already booked a year in advance, they probably build to John Cena versus CM Punk at WrestleMania. But seeing as how Cena was already taken up, I feel like they felt that they had to rush the process and rush, you know, getting Cena into that storyline and out of that storyline and then back into that storyline. Like it, 
that that to me that's that was the, the purely the reason why it was just because because the Rock and, and, and Cena was already booked for WrestleMania because I think had it not been booked they probably would have taken their time a little bit more and built to Cena and and, and Punk at WrestleMania because it was the best story that they were telling. Do you think that's why they rushed CM Punk getting back on TV? Do you think that that was the reason because they were like, okay, this wasn't supposed to, you know go the uh, as long as it did but let's let's get something out of it before we go back to the rock versus cena yeah absolutely and i think that just speaks to wwe and it speaks to what moxley was saying about about vince mcmahon and his creative process it's flawed it's stupid it, it's like he digs his heels in he's very very stubborn we've heard bruce pritchard say it on his podcast that if, if people go against what he says he'll fucking double down just to prove them wrong and that's not mature that's not fucking the what how the the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company should act, but that's nonetheless how he fucking acts. And he, he does shit out of spite, and he does shit to prove himself right other than does shit to, to better the sport and to better you know his, his company overall. Because in, in reality, as much as I love The Rock, you know what I'm saying? Like He essentially kind of low-key probably turned a couple of people off of The Rock because we didn't want it. As crazy as it is, like that should have been... The, the cre- all the credit goes to CM Punk because at that point I didn't get two fucks about The Rock. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I wanted to see CM Punk. I wanted to see that story, and Vince had it. And instead of fucking following through with it, he he cooled it down. Same with Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan was the hottest thing in the fucking world the following year, and he was legitimately going to fucking cool him down. Like that's what his initial plan was. Anybody who tells you that that Daniel Bryan was always the plan for WrestleMania 30 is full of fucking shit, nope. and they don't know what the fuck is happening. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> not the fucking plan. The people revolted. People, the hashtag canceled WWE Network. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, was was uh, was uh, popular. Was you know what I'm saying? Like, a tre- was trending all across the world. That's what got his fucking attention. Daniel Bryan was never supposed to be in it. CM Punk was never factored into WrestleMania. Never factored into anything long term. It just he. It was a happy coincidence. And I feel like that's the main problem with Vince McMahon is he gets set in his ways at this point, and he he, he he's predetermined already everything. This is how they're this is how they're gonna react. This is how whether they react to it or not, this is what the next fucking step is. Instead of hey, let me give them something. Let's see how they react, and then let's go from there. He's he's losing his touch, dude. Like you know, not to steal a line from CM. But I'd like to think this company would be way better off when he dies. And I actually, <laughs> well, let's not get so extreme. Maybe not when he dies, but hopefully, I'm fingers crossed, dude, that the XFL takes off this time around. Oh, dude, because dude, dude, I'm hoping for it too. Because then, yeah, that he then he's successful. So I mean, and he has a reason to be away. Even I'm kind of getting off the Vince McMahon train, um, just because you know Vince is a genius. There, there's no doubt in my mind, Vince McMahon is a genius. But nowadays. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, we had inklings of it here. Uh, I was still on the, you know, I still respected the hell out of Vince McMahon back then. But, you know, it's it's like you said, I mean, I don't know, like I'm torn because I'm a fan who I like old school. And what I mean by this is I was actually really happy that The Rock and John Cena's storyline was being like stretched out over two years. I'm one of the few. And I think that goes back to. The days of Rock, uh, sorry, not Rock, but Macho Man and Hulk Hogan. Like, they had a storyline going from all the way from WrestleMania 4 all the way to WrestleMania 5. So I was kind of happy that we saw, you know, I always say WrestleMania 27 was just a preview to WrestleMania 28. It was it, it was literally, filler. yeah, it was like a filler mania <laughs> is what Brandon calls it. Um, so I was happy that The Rock was going to face John Cena. However... I also am a fan of, like, when things happen organically, I think you need to run with it. And there was no reason why CM Punk should have been losing the WWE title 
um, in any way, shape, or form. I mean, he... I still I don't even fault The Rock because I know we we're talking about The Rock beating him in January, but I don't even fault him. It's like why did they have Del Rio win it off of him? Like, can anyone? Yeah. Else, Brandon, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I like like I said, I, I'm torn too. Sort of looking back at it, that it was just unfortunate that all this cool stuff started happening with Punk at a time when you had just bigger stars there needing to have their big moment. Because, you know, Cena was there, it's a franchise, man. You have to give him a marquee matchup. I mean, who else is left? I mean, you couldn't really do Austin. You can't really do Hogan at that point because they're kind of old. Um, maybe Undertaker, but I think he was tied up in, in another storyline. So it's like The Rock is like sort of that only other big marquee guy he can have a you know big WrestleMania match with that sort of put him over. Right. So it's like that match sort of had to happen. And so it, it sucks that it happened around the same time Punk is getting over because now Punk is just, you know, he's got to be fed to The Rock, you know, to, to lose his belt. Even though it's cool that, you know, I got to see The Rock versus, you know, CM Punk, you know, and I think, you know, Punk got a rub there or whatever for that sort of feud. It was, it was unfortunate that it had to happen that way. See, it, Can I ask you guys something yeah. real quick? Yeah. Um, yeah. Are any, were either of The Rock's matches with, with John Cena better than 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 the John ones with Cena Punk. CM Punk. Uh, so I went to WrestleMania 28 um, specifically, and oh man, like you're gonna hate me for this, but there was a lot more hype for uh, Rock versus Cena than there was for Jericho versus CM Punk. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, uh, CM Punk versus versus John Cena because CM Punk versus John Cena. I, if I'm not mistaken, on Monday Night Raw was like the match of the year that year. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. If we're talking about those matches, he, he, uh, yeah, he and John Cena about, had chemistry. In the sense of, mm-hmm. do you think it would have been a, be- a a better WrestleMania main event would have been the Rock, um, the Rock and Cena the way they had it, or would a better main event have been Cena versus CM Punk? I I'm in the I'm in the I'm in the in the, in the school of thought of I think CM Punk and Cena would have been a way better main event. Right. And this is where, but just not. I, yeah, this is where it's like I, I want to say that, but it's like Rock is like that big star, so it's kind of like right. it's like you got to have that right. big star recognition, you know, for Cena to go against, because then it's the other way around. And this is where this is where Punk. we split. Apparently, this is where me and Brandon go off in one area, and you go off in another area, Wesley, because. Um, I kind of see why they would go for The Rock as well, too. And, and that's where I kind of differ from, you know, I, I want to say the hardcore fans because um, I see the marquee value in having The Rock wrestle again for the first time in what? What was the last time he wrestled at that point? I mean, WrestleMania 20. So it had been eight years uh, since The Rock oh, no, wrestled. No, no, don't get me don't get me wrong. I, I'm not sitting here knocking once in a lifetime, but once in a lifetime. You know what I'm saying? Once. Dude. If you wanted to bring The Rock back again to CM Punk's point, why wasn't the second one a triple fucking threat? I don't understand that. I that I can agree with. Okay, so that I can agree with. But I've always I've always been critical of the, the twice in a lifetime, more so the people's reaction to twice in a lifetime because – I don't know, like, I like the fact that, yeah, it, it was marketed as t- once in a lifetime, and then, yes, they wrestled again, but I was a fan of how it happened, because I was like, okay, in kayfabe, if I'm suspending my disbelief, in kayfabe, it wasn't twice in a lifetime, it was that John Cena won the Royal Rumble and forced The Rock to face him again. So it was like, in kayfabe, it made sense. And and to me, when things make sense in kayfabe, I'm, I'm a little bit more forgiving of it. Now, that being said... Yeah, why didn't CM Punk kind of get inserted into that match where, you know, they could have done some chicanery at the February pay-per-view where, 
you know, maybe there was a draw or maybe he controversial, you know, controversial win of the title, but he didn't really win because he cheated. So they're going to make it a triple threat and put the rock back in there. Uh, you know, they could have done something like that. I agree. And I think it would have WrestleMania 29 to me was a waste of a WrestleMania in a, a lot of ways. So I think, yeah, I think that would have been a lot better of a main event. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know, dude. It, it, it sucks because the Summer of Punk, realistically, as sad, as sad as it is, like it only really lasts one summer. You know what I'm saying? Like CM Punk's a champion for yeah. you know 474 consecutive days. Yeah, isn't that crazy? But, but like that Summer of Punk credit, did no favors. Yeah, but to but to his credit, he was he might as well have been the Intercontinental Champion. He never right. closed any pay per views. Right. He never main evented Raw like that. You know what I'm saying? Like he. The only time he made an event at Raw or was the big, you know what I'm saying, the big deal on Raw was when he turned heel again on The Rock. Um, he didn't, he, never, he was never treated like the champion. It's just like, I, I see where his frustrations come from, okay? You put the world title on me and I'm supposed to be the guy, but now, oh wait, the WWE champion's the guy. And it's like, okay, he understood that, he dealt with that. But now you give him the big belt, you may, he makes himself a star to the point where he forces you, he forces your hand to make him the champion. And again, then you still, still treat him like he's the fucking world champion. No disrespect to the big gold, you know, I love that title. But you're still treating him like a fucking secondary, you know what I'm saying, like a secondary champion when he's supposed to be the guy. If he's not the guy, then take the fucking title off him. I don't understand what the whole, what the point is right. of, of make, you know, of having to make, you, you make him look weak, you make the title look weak. Like, it doesn't help. It doesn't do anybody any favors. So, I mean, my frustrations with the storyline was that. It's treat him like a bigger deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. him and Chris Jericho, too, like, it, it was a... It's not very often that I say shit is a miss, but it was a miss. You know what I'm saying? Like Jericho, Jericho's style of heel didn't mix well with that style of babyface that CM Punk was doing. CM Punk had to be the brash, you know what I'm saying, heel um, slash babyface. He had to be that, you know, that tweener. And with Jericho, it just didn't allow him to. And then they kind of, they dulled his edges. I don't know what Vince's obsession is with dulling people's fucking edges. He doesn't <laughs> want you to be authentic. He wants you to be a cookie cutter baby face, hustle, loyalty, respect, and never give up, and everything's going to be okay because I worked hard and I tried my hardest. Like, dude, that, that's not life. That's why people don't relate to him. That's why people don't relate to fucking Roman. That's why people are starting to lose their shit for fucking Seth. That's why people are starting to lose their shit for Kofi. It's because what makes them authentic gets taken away and stripped away the minute Vince puts that belt on them. The minute, it's almost like they're better off on the climb up because on the climb up, it's authentic and it's organic. Where once you get to that level, Vince is micromanaging everything you do and everything you say, and it's just fucking stupid. Yeah, I, I never like the fact that like people get the climb is good, and then you know it, it seems like they almost lose interest. Uh, that happened to Becky. I feel like it happened to Seth. The only person who's kind of run with the Daniel mo- Bryan. Bryan, the only person who's kind of like run with the momentum uh, in recent like this year's WrestleMania was Kofi Kingston. Like he still looks and comes across like a star to me. Um, on, on WWE TV, uh, but that's, like, his doing. Like, you could almost tell he has stepped up his level of, like, promo uh, to get there, if that makes sense. Like, the, what they're giving it, yeah, you, you know, like, they're giving him, like, the goody two-shoe, but he's still kind of running with it. Yeah, because they're letting him interject a little bit of the whole New Day, you know, into right. it, and, and, and that comedy and that shtick that, that they do, which is awesome. But at the same time, I feel like they're discounting... His, he needs to beat somebody established. You know what I'm saying? Like he needs to beat somebody that we don't already know he's gonna beat. He needs to go up as uh, much as I hate to say. He needs to beat Brock Lesnar, or he needs to beat a Roman Reigns, or he needs to beat an AJ Styles. He needs to beat somebody that we think he's going to lose to. Because no disrespect, I love Kevin Owens, 
Um, and he's one of the guys that I hope, once his contract is over, taxes <laughs> and goes to get out. But because they're treating him like a joke. But come on, dude, he's beaten Kevin Owens, who's never really been a legitimate threat for anything, and he's beaten Dolph Ziggler, who's being fucking rehashed for the seventy-sixth time. So it's just like, what's the, you know, what I'm saying like, where, where's he, where's the validation coming from? Like, yeah, he beat Daniel Bryan, and that was cool, and that's awesome. But then what? Like, you need to keep putting, you need to keep, like, they're not treating him like Hogan. They're not treating him like Brett. They're not treating him like the guy. They're not feeding him, these these top-level guys. It's like they, Vince has got this obsession now with making someone the champion and then just being like, okay, well, that's as far as I, you know, that's as far as I planned for you. And I, I don't like that. It's like, dude, he's the champion now. Now is where you double down and you fucking feed him everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And, yeah. and I, I mean, just don't. There, there was a time period where, I feel like, like, he, like Kevin Nash, you know, as Diesel, he won the title and he just started plowing through people in the main event. And, and he, he was like a bodyguard, you know, a glorified bodyguard for Shawn Michaels before that. But once he won the title, it was just all bets were off. And that's kind of how it should be. You know, Kofi Kingston, you should have won the title, and, like, now he can just beat everybody. Um, exactly. So I agree with that. So you're telling me Super Cena, Super Cena can overcome legitimately every fucking odd that has ever been placed against him, but the guy, but the new guy, Kofi, he, you know, he can only beat fucking Intercontinental Champions? <laughs> right. With all due respect to Kevin Owens and, and Dolph Ziggler, that's what they are. They're perennial Intercontinental Champions. Right. We're we're a little <laughs> off topic, so I think we're I'm gonna bring us back now. <laughs> yeah, you know me, dude. I love the fucking spin-off. Oh, dude, so. dude, let's go back because this back is back where to we, the point of the podcast. This is where <laughs> this is where we this is where we left off. So let's go right back to this. Uh, that's to tell you how far we how far we've gone because we were talking about Kevin Nash showing up um, in this storyline and and this being kind of what ruined the storyline completely. So Wesley talked about it and I didn't want to throw the clip up here. So, uh, here's the infamous clip. Uh, and then I'll talk about Kevin Nash right afterwards. Uh, but this is the infamous clip of, uh, what CM Punk says his sister texted him. Would you like to see the text message on my telephone? You want to see the text message my little sister Shalene sent me last night? There, here it is. OMG, Kevin Nash, WTF, thought he was dead, LOL. To CM Punk's point and to CM Punk's credit, the funny thing is, Kevin Nash might have always been dead. Here you are, alive and in living color. It's just you. So. Here's my thing, and, and I don't know if anyone, uh, if any of you two know this. So uh, I think it was Xbox podcast. Um, they basically asked Kevin Nash, like, what did you, you know, what was up with that? Like, why did it seem like you showed up in the storyline, you were made to be a bitch, and then you were out of the storyline? Um, and he basically said, I had never worked in the WWE when they were doing scripts. So I had to sit there, and it was written on the script, essentially for Punk to just completely own him. And then for him to not have a rebuttal for it. Oh, and he damn. was pissed about it because it was like, and I believe him, you know, to, I, I don't mind Kevin Nash. Maybe some people hate on him, but um, yeah, why didn't Kevin Nash have a rebuttal per se? You know, you could see that he was steaming when CM Punk was saying some of the things he was saying. And you could tell that like he was kind of inserting some stuff because he felt like it was too one-sided. Because he was, what I don't think it was scripted for him to call him a fry order cook, 
and basically like you look, yeah, yeah, yeah. you look like I, you look like the guy who serves me burgers and this and that, and like you know you like 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 these guys like look how tiny you are compared to me. Yeah. Like, I don't think any of that was supposed to be said. Yeah, I love that line where he's like, go to the gym, like get a clue. Like yeah. I was like, oh snap, he, the he went in on him a little a bit. Clue. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh dang, he kind of went in on him a little bit. Hey, I, I honestly didn't know that. I, I hadn't heard that interview before. Uh, shout out to Xbox though. He's a flashbacker. So what's up, Xbox? Um, oh, what's up? Xbox? But yeah, no, man. It, it was just, it was a horrible, it was horrible fucking timing. It was just not, it, it didn't mesh well with the storyline. It led to the whole, I fucking texted myself from Triple H's cell phone fucking angle. And then Triple H ends up going over. And it can happen. It, it, it can happen. Brandon, Brandon texts himself from my phone all the time, and he tries to like make oh, yeah. me hit on him yeah. so that he like, you see, you said I was cute. He does stuff like that all the yeah. time, so I believe it. Yeah, that part was believable because it has happened, but it just it made no sense in, in, in the whole game punk storyline. So I, I don't know, man. It just it started getting really, really convoluted there, and then like I said, Triple H doesn't even fucking put him over, which is you know just more backstage politics. Think- obviously, everybody knows. Sean and, and Triple H did not like CM yes, Punk. That, was, that was a known yeah. fact that Sean and uh, Sean and Triple H were not big fans of him. Um, but you know, Brandon, since we're talking about text, I know let, let's let's get us off on a little bit of a tangent here. Um, so on Tuesday, Wesley, I want your opinion on this. Uh, I didn't. I was inviting my sisters over because they're going to college. To make a long story short, you know, they let them spend the night, hang out with their brother. Um, so I wasn't going to invite Brandon over. Uh, to watch SmackDown with me. Um, so that morning, um, Brandon, again, I had not talked to Brandon at all, not communicated to him, and Brandon sends me a text that says, hey, not coming over for SmackDown tonight. That's to, hilarious. to the point where I, I, I pretty much said, first of all, I didn't invite you over, you presumptuous <laughs> bastard. And second of all, uh, yeah, I don't want you over. I don't want you over here. And then he responds with, uh, literally, I can show it to you on my telephone. Do you want to see the text on my telephone? Because it yes. says, it says I'm driving right afterwards. He sent me one of those classic driving texts, and I could yes. show it to you uh, right oh, here. But, you know, maybe I texted it to myself. To get us back on time. That's hilarious. I, I believe he texted you that. I believe that's a genuine text. Right. I believe that was a copy and paste job to make me to basically end the conversation because he wow. didn't want to talk. To oh, wow. Yeah. That's how I get out of all my conversations. I don't want to <laughs> deal with it. I just hit him with that. I'm driving. But to get to get us back on so, topic. Yeah. Go ahead, Wesley. So I mean, what would you guys say? Um, because I mean, we're doing a simulcast, so this is you know, flashback wrestling too. Uh, what what do you what would you guys say? Give me a dream match for uh, for CM Punk for the summer of Punk. Who would you have liked to have seen him? Give me two dream matches. Give me someone you would have liked to have seen him go up against during the the summer of Punk run, and then give me one that somebody you'd love to see him go against today. Nice. Okay. Dang. That's a good one, Brandon. You want to go first? Uh, yeah. Wait. Did he he didn't do anything with with Sean? Sean was retired. Uh, Michael. Sean was, Sean he was, was retired. retired. Yeah, uh, that was unfortunate. WrestleMania yeah, that would have been cool if he was able to do something with Sean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Sean was like two, right. two years well, retired. Brandon, I'll, I'll give you some time to think. Yeah. So, to me, the fact that, I don't know, and I don't know, you know, someone could correct me if I'm wrong if, if Vince was hurt or if he had a hip surgery or something, but, like, why wasn't he in there? Like, why didn't they have, like, a, you know, Austin-esque thing with Vince? 
Like, why was I, I wanted to see one match with Punk versus Vince. Even if it was like Vince was out there, bell rings, Triple H comes and runs out and does his dirty work for him or something. But, like, I thought they could have built a whole Raw on the fact that, like, you want... Like, Vince didn't seem mad enough about CM Punk, if that makes sense. Like, you tried to walk out with my championship of my company, put my family out of business, and now you're back? Like, that that didn't help any whatsoever. It was just like, okay, CM Punk's back, I'm happy. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know, yeah. I know they cut some promos, don't get me wrong, but it was just like, there wasn't enough vitriol there, like... It should have felt like Vince back when the Attitude Era, you know, existed versus WCW. Um, you see me? I would have loved to have seen Randy Orton again, CM Punk yeah. during that era, uh, with, with Punk as a top dog. In that Summer of Punk era, I would have loved to have seen that because Randy's a guy where, like, he's not known for having the greatest promos, but, ha- but he's been known to slip in a couple of fucking jabs here and there. And I would have loved to have, you know what I'm saying, seen what Punk cut, Punk cut a promo on, on Randy at that point, you know, I, I think it would have been definitely would have been would have been epic. And it's just one of those where like, you know, he already had him going up against Cena. You know, you could have had him go up against Orton too, and and you know, kind of double stamped him as being the next guy. But um, uh, obviously an opportunity missed. Um, Brandon, what about you, dude? Who would you have loved to yeah, see? Yeah, yeah, you know what? He pretty much got to go up against a lot of the big names. Um, like you said, I wish uh, his feud with. Uh, uh, Jericho had gone better, like the dynamics of the heel face. So that yeah. that really could have been that should have been like a bigger sort of dream matchup because you know it's Chris Jericho, you know, CM Punk. Like, that's still a solid, you know, feud. Like I said, he got the feud with The Rock, which was was huge because that was a huge Rock mark. So that was awesome. Uh, Cena, you know, that's the top guy in the company. He feuded with him. Uh, he, he even feuded with Triple H. So he hit uh, most of the big name guys, I guess, at the time that were there. And so I was trying to think of, I don't know, maybe like Undertaker or something like that. But, you know, I think, didn't he do something with him before? Yeah, he, no, he yeah used, before. Uh, yeah. Right. So, yeah. He, I guess your point. He, he, he had a lot of them. Them. Yeah. He had a lot of big ones, but I just feel like there was a couple where he could have, you know, they, they definitely could have done Orton. But definitely um, Orton, yeah. yeah Orton. I'm conflicted. I don't want I, I, I'm okay with them not doing Orton because that was the summer of uh, Orton versus Christian. And that is uh, up there in terms of feuds for me because I thought they were, uh, I thought that was one of the best feuds in in recent years. So I'm conflicted. I, I don't. I would like if you're gonna take away Christian versus Randy Orton, I'm like, ah, don't do it. <laughs> but he definitely, he definitely should have been fighting Triple H. At, you know, at SummerSlam. That's kind of where you know I can almost think about uh, Triple H. Sorry, Triple H winning the title from Roman and then going into that feud. Like, why didn't something like that happen? Uh, as opposed to just yeah, rehashing exactly. a John Cena storyline. No, exactly. I'm right there with you. Um, what about nowadays, nowadays, though? Who would you guys love to see Punk go against nowadays? Because, I mean, oh, fuck. The, the cabinet is full of stars that I'd love to see him yeah, go against. So um, uh, Kenny, I'd like, yeah. Or Brandon. Fuck it. Go ahead, Brandon. Who would you love to see? I, I'd like to see him go against, uh, against Reigns, man. Either Reigns wow. or uh, Elias. Wow. I, I can't believe you wasted it on Reigns. Yeah, what? dude. dude Reigns is the franchise now. Uh, nah, dude. I hate him. They fucking... I don't know, man. I Like, I have more respect for Reigns than I did for Cena. Than I ever did for Cena. Don't get me wrong. But, fuck, man. Like, but don't get... I, I will say one thing about Reigns and the way that they're booking him. They're doing what I always ask for them to do. And that's build him. 
You know what I'm right. saying? Like, don't just hand him shit. Right. right. Build him up. I, I discuss Keep him at the main event. Right. I discussed this with Brandon the other day, which is like, uh, you know, WWE can't get shit for Roman Reigns because ever since he came back from, uh, you know, having leukemia, they've done a slow build with him. They haven't thrown him back in the main event. Um, you know, but I think the one thing that's ruined him as of late is the wild card rule was like people, then people started hating on him again and being like, oh, it's just the Roman rule. Uh, it's just an excuse for Roman Reigns to go on both shows. And, and that's partly true, but he hasn't been on, correct me if I'm wrong. Hasn't, has he, well, no, he was on Raw. Yeah, he was on Raw this week. He's on, he's so, on, he's right, on everything. And, and that's, <laughs> so the wild card rule's ruining it for me because they're like, pretty sure it's not 205 Live. He's definitely not on 205 Live. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's ruining it for me because they're basically people are getting a chance to shit on Roman, which I I don't like the narrative people shit on Roman. I I feel people shit on Roman too much because they uh, view him as John Cena, but he's not that bad. Like he's not that bad. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll agree with you there. He's not that bad, but I still would not. I, he's way down the list of guys I'd love to see Punk with. Wow. Um, what about you, Kenny? Who, who do you got as far as guys you'd like to see CM Punk work, work with nowadays? Not just inside WWE. No, it, I know. I fuck WWE. I literally was thinking of all AEW's <laughs> roster right now. That's that's the funny part. I was nowhere near oh, WWE. Okay, I'll give you I'll give you my guy right now, and it's it's real quick. I don't even think about it. Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada, CM Punk. I want to see it. See, I'm, I'm more of like because you're you're talking about a, a, a in ring experience, which you're absolutely completely right. I am not thinking about in-ring experience. I'm like, why the fuck wouldn't you have a babyface CM Punk feud with MJF? Because, like, they would yeah. murder each That'd other awesome. on the mic. They would absolutely murder. And, and with not having parameters, I can almost see CM Punk being the one to turn red in the face, a la Kevin Nash, if you will. Because that that's a, co- a huge compliment to MJF because I think he could stump CM Punk in terms of a promo. You know, CM Punk's 40 years old now. CM, uh, what do you call it? MJF's, what, 23? Something? He's in that ballpark? The fastest rising it's star like in professional wrestling crazy, history. man. Um, in, in three months, we're going to be living in MJF's world, dude. In three months. I'm calling it right now on the Kenny for Your Thoughts slash Flashback Wrestling simulcast yes. podcast. Three months from now, MJF, MJF will be the hottest fucking heel in pro wrestling. Agreed. I, I can guarantee it. Agreed. And for yeah. everybody... He's got the look, he can talk, and he can get fucking heat like nobody's fucking business. So, so in a couple of few months, dude, MJF's going to be on top of the wrestling world. So with your permission, that will segue me into something I'd like to plug. Is, am I okay to plug here, Wesley, since it's your show too? Plug away, bro. All right. Plug away. So guys, if you're listening on Flashback Wrestling or a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast, please listen to a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast next week because speaking of MJF, I'm going to show this clip again. We got something exciting. We got someone who interviewed MJF on our podcast next week. So here we go. Uh, give me one second. You know what? I'm going to let you have a piece. I'm okay. No, I insist, Chris. I'm okay. Uh, it's all right. Here we go. Open up. Train time. Chug, 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 chug. Here we go. Oh, big boy, Chris. So, guys, Chris Van Vliet's going to be on our podcast next week, which is pretty damn exciting. But I just had to segue that because that MJF interview, that if I wasn't an MJF fan before, which I was, but that interview he did with Chris Van Vliet put him completely over the top. Uh, He was in character the whole time. It was absolutely amazing. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm obviously going to have to check it out now after this. Um... I've been busy, dude. 
I've been moving this whole week, oh, so I know. it's been a fucking. I know, buddy. That's what... It's been really, it's been really. Uh, my my pro wrestling time has been cut down in half, probably. Um, but no, nah, I'm definitely gonna check it out because MJF. I'm, I'm super. I, I know you've seen it. I posted about him recently on my page. Mm-hmm. I'm big on MJF right now, dude. I very, I strongly believe. Now, when once he gets eyes on him, it's all over because the he, kid's got just every needs. fucking yep. talent, every skill that he needs. He's got all he needs is the exposure, he, yeah, and he's, he's got. He's about to get a say. He needs the platform. That's all. He just needs the platform. He needs the yeah, eyes and on him. Yeah, he's about to get it in the, in the best way. Absolutely, and that it goes back to why I think he could feud with someone like a CM Punk because how how crazy is that? Someone a virtual unknown, if you will, MJF right now. I'm saying could feud with CM Punk. I mean, that's the level of uh, the caliber of superstar he is. And like you said, I, I, you're, I don't think you're wrong at all. I think we're going to have the summer of MJF, if you will. I think that's going to be our breakout star here. The only difference is Vince is not going to cool him once he wins the world title. <laughs> oh, and he will. And he will. Uh, my prediction is Hangman Page takes Jericho to the fucking limit. Jericho wins the title. Eventually, him and Hangman Page continue that feud. Hangman takes the title from yep. from Jericho and then MJF takes it from Hangman and has a lengthy run with the with they're the AEW world title. They're going to have to. It, he's going to be the, the the person that they they're not going to be able to ignore even though they want to have their They have to build around him. Right. Yeah, it, it that's a, it's weird, man. It's it's weird to say uh, that MJF is going to be AEW champ, but even uh, we have in our chat right now on on a Kenny Fruit Thoughts podcast on YouTube right now. Uh, Tiff from Dadass pa- uh, Podcast and All Elite Podcast says MJF going to be AEW champ one of these days, calling it. So we're all calling it. All of us podcast hosts, excluding Brandon because he's a horrible co-host right. that ran me down uh, <laughs> in the beginning of this episode, so he's dead to me. Um, we're all calling. Um, we're all calling MJF to win the AEW World Championship. Absolutely, it's going to be an awesome day for pro wrestling when that happens. Um, but hey, dude. Um, Let's get back to the summer of punk. What else did you have? What else did you have for us? This thing is like I didn't realize this would happen, but truthfully, I'm already burned talking about the summer of punk because it's so anticlimactic. I I didn't realize this would happen. Yeah, you know, it's like I feel like we've already hit the meat and potatoes of it, and we're just done because all of it goes into the waste of uh, storyline of CM Punk fighting Triple H when. Punk can't even get over on that, which leads into a fucking ladder match of Triple H versus Kevin Nash with a sledgehammer on the d- d- line. Like, what the hell? Like, I'm just like now that I'm thinking about it as we're talking, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm done with the summer of Punk. Maybe we should talk about what we think Punk will do. And I think, you, you know, this is a flashback wrestling podcast, too. Don't you have a little something for us to close us? Oh, up? yes, I do. Yes, I do, and it would not be flashback wrestling without a little bit of a name here. All right. So, <laughs> that being said, I got a couple of names that I got to throw at you right now, or I got a, I got a category I got to throw out with uh, to you. So, obviously, CM Punk is infamous for the pipe bomb. It's pretty much what his legacy as the voice of the voiceless is built upon. Um, so, I want to see for you rank CM Punk's pipe bomb with some of the other great pipe bombs in professional wrestling history. Now, before before so, we do guys, that, because this is also a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast, I have to rib you a little bit. So, here we go. Here we go, guys, right before the name game. Oh, man. Sorry. <laughs> And, and, and the funny part oh, is, Wesley, you, you'll, you'll, you'll have to hear this back on the podcast because uh, 
spoiler alert, we can't hear the audio when we play clips. That de- that definitely does have a song on top of it. So I'm going to let you listen to that when you watch it back <laughs> or catch the replay of this. And I think you'll be even more uh, pissed off when it <laughs> when you watch it back. Oh, I'm sure I'm already. I'm my blood's already fucking. <laughs> I just buried him today on my page. Somebody. I posted the clip of Mr. Perfect and Doink, and then uh, the, the second Doink comes out, and um, and obviously Crush is supposed to come out and make the save, but I cut it off right before uh, Crush comes out, and somebody commented, like, oh, where's Crush when you need him? And I'm like, I cut the fucking clip right before that piece of trash came out. And so, you know, I fucking hate Crush, dude. I don't yeah, if, 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 no one, uh, if, if our joint audience here doesn't understand, there's like an inside joke between Wesley and I. Uh, because we all have that one superstar that we just can't stand, and maybe almost for no reason, you know, there's just you just can't like them. I have a friend that doesn't like DDP just because he just hates DDP. Brandon, who's yours? Do you have one? I have a wrestler that I just, just can't just stand. Ah, dang. Um, hey, I I, I try to, I try to like everybody. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe CM Punk. Punk. Yeah, probably CM Punk, and. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think okay. oh Dana Brooke, yeah Dana Brooke, I'm not, I'm not Brooke's fan. That's not as that's not as atrocious, I guess. No, no, we're talking about like a popular superstar that you just can't get oh. behind for some reason that everyone oh, else likes. Um, you, you know what? I will say um, for for a little bit, I, I wasn't getting the uh, the Daniel Bryan thing when he first came in, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, Daniel Bryan's the best in the world," and I was like, well, "I don't." I don't get it, but like now, like I get it, bro. Like when, since right. he, especially since he's been doing this uh, playing a champion, I'm like, damn, this guy is this guy's damn so good. So Savage underscore Keith yeah. sixty eight on our social media right now says, I can't stand Big Show. Like, there's one. Like, you know, like just can't stand a superstar. Mine's Dolph Ziggler. I just can't stand Dolph Ziggler. When even when everybody was all hype for the guy, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. T- yeah. Here's my thing with here's my thing with Dolph, dude. Like, I like him as a performer. But I cannot take him on the mic. He just over fucking. He just over acts. Right. That's what much. it is. That's like, what it is. Like, like oh, <laughs> I deserve it. I deserve Brandon, it. Brandon, wait. It's me. It's Brandon. Me. Like, dude, take that shit down two fucking notches, Dolph. Yes, please. <laughs> Brandon, on the spot right now, I'm going to throw you full screen. Yeah. Let's hear a Dolph Ziggler right. promo right now. That match. That match at WrestleMania. It should have been me. <laughs> That's it. Right. That's all you got. That's yeah, pretty much you. You pretty much verbatim hit every Dolph Ziggler promo ever in the last couple of years. Like I said, I used to be on Dolph. I, I liked him as a show off, but now he's right. just a fucking crybaby. He's a Shawn Michaels like, wannabe, which is exactly what Tiff just said in the chat. That's when I stopped liking him because Wesley, you know, we've discussed this on your podcast. My favorite wrestler is Shawn Michaels. So for you to come out and start doing the super kick, start wearing tights that instead of hearts, you just have Dolph Ziggler logos in the same places as Shawn Michaels and stuff. Fuck you. Like, fuck everything about you. Like, you literally copied, like, Brandon, imagine a guy came out like The Rock. Like, your favorite wrestler. If somebody just came out like The Rock, and they started doing every one of The Rock's mannerisms. I guess for that matter, so you don't like Juventud Guerrero, do you, Brandon? (laughs) (laughs) No, you know what? Wait, you don't Juventud, right? Kenny doesn't like Juventud either, right? First of all, I love I love the oh, juice. Okay. Just for I the th- record, okay. I thought when you he was them. the juice in WCW, yeah, we, yeah. finally that juice has come back. Like I loved him. <laughs> I absolutely loved him. So just the right champion, baby. Right. Right. And, you know, he went to Tijuana State. Um but <laughs> what I was gonna say is like he copied the rock, so that's why I thought you maybe you hate him. Right. 
Oh no 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 no! Oh, but, like but anyway, no, I think it's I think it's cool when they yeah. I'm getting us all off. When topic, they can make it, so I apologize. We're supposed to do the name game, but right before the name game, here we go. This will get me some heat. Technically, yeah. I'm doing an arc that uh, I'm doing an arc got, called Gone Too Soon. Crush falls into the category of Gone Too Late. Should have been Gone Soon. I want all the smoke. I want all the fucking smoke. Crush fans. Come at me, bro. He just turned heel. I want all seven of you fucking Crush fans to come at me right now. <laughs> Brandon, what are your thoughts on Crush? Look, man, he had the look. He had the hair. He had the, he had the entire package. That's why they pushed him. That's the way they were using him, man. He was he money. Pushed, he got too many chances. Even I will agree with that. But we're getting convoluted. You know, Kenny, for your thoughts, is trying to take over uh, Flashback Wrestling right now. Wesley, and- you have your name game that we we should be patiently waiting for right now. So let's go. All right, dude. So anyways, back to what I was trying to say. Um, <laughs> CM Punk, famous for the pipe bomb. One of the most infamous promos in pro wrestling history. So I want to see where you guys rank them with some of the other great, you know, work shoots in pro wrestling history. So the first one, CM Punk's Pipe Bomb or Vince Russo at Bash at the Beach 2000. Russo all day, bro. Russo all day, bro. Russo is the master of the work shoot. You know, I'm going to actually give it to Russo as well because there was like, there was something about when, when that happened, there was like, Especially since it was WCW and you knew they were falling apart in terms of management, there was nothing that made me go, "Okay, that's a work." Like every part <laughs> of me was like, "Oh my god, that's a shoot!" Like that's a complete shoot. Especially when shoot, Hogan brother. grabbed the mic and quite literally said verbatim, "This is why the company's in the shape it's in because of bullshit like this." So I'm gonna give it to Russo, believe it or not. I'm right there, bro. I'm right there with you, bro. <laughs> Gonna go, I'm actually going to go with Russo, too, because to, to everything you just said, it felt more real. Even though CM Punk gave the, the wrestling world a shot in the arm, Russo's and Hogan's felt like, like, oh, this is really not supposed to be happening. It was like <laughs> a car accident, you know what I'm saying? You couldn't help but just keep your eyes locked on. And so, yeah, I got to go with Russo for, for that same, exact same reason. Um, here's one, though. Here's one where I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys think. Uh, CM Punk's pipe bomb or AJ Lee's pipe bomb when she buried the entire Divas roster? I'll let you go first, Brandon. Oh, man. Daily was good. Damn. Yeah, that's, um, that's a toughie, especially the the irony that they're married to each other. And yeah. obviously that was like, you know, her her pipe bomb moment because of that. I, I, I'm torn. I'll give I'm a really... slight, slight edge to, to, to the one, just, but just because I just like rewatched it. Uh so I'll give that. I'll give it a slight edge to Punk. I, I'm oh, actually, man, this might be controversial. I'm actually going to give it to AJ Lee, even though it's a copy of the CM Punk one, only because, to me, the women's division was in worse shape than the WWE was, and so she completely just went off on the Bella Twins, and like basically said, "You're the reason why this women's division is not good. I'm the savior." You know, like. Like I remember thinking, like I, I and you, Wesley, you probably remember the lines better than I. But there was there were some lines that she said to to Nikki Bella and 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 Brie Bella that was just like, damn, like it wasn't, it was even more like it crossed the line more than what Punk said about Vince. It was my opinion. 
Yeah, I agree, dude. And I, honestly, I love CM Punk, love that promo, but um, I got to go with AJ Lee too because she, she definitely crossed the line. She started talking about their dad and how he didn't love them and how them having daddy issues. <laughs> yeah. they, they, she, she went off, dude. She went in, and yeah. I just feel like the women's division needed it more, you know what I'm saying, at the time than what WWE did, um, even though we, you know, WWE needed it too. But, yeah, man, I, I got to agree with you. I got to go with uh, with AJ Lee on that one. I'm shocked. Um, I, I didn't know you would agree with me on that. I kind of really, really thought you would you would be like, no, the punk one. So that makes me No, no, good. I got to go with AJ because it was just, it, she crossed, like, to your point, she crossed more lines that I don't, maybe it's because they're women we didn't expect it. Right. Um, but it was just, unex- it came out of left field. Once punk got going, I was like, oh, okay, you know, like, this is going to be good. Right. But, with AJ, it was just like, oh shit, oh shit, like, oh shit, she's just going off, she won't stop. Right, and they so, didn't, like, she didn't get her mic cut off or anything, you know, so it was, she just kept throwing, like, heavy, heavy curveballs after that. Um, okay, what about this one? Uh, CM Punk's Pipe Bomb, or the one I just posted recently on Flashback Wrestling, that's at Flashback Wrestling on Instagram, at FBW Podcast on Twitter, guys. Um, CM Punk's Pipe Bomb, or Paul Heyman on Vince McMahon, where he tells him that he stole... He stole Bret Hart's dream. He stole. He built a company on Hulk Hogan's blood, and you know, tells him that he stole Shawn Michaels' smile and that he stole Paul Heyman's life and all that. So that promo or the pipe bomb? This is this is really bad. You're talking about like 2001, was it? Yeah, the 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 SmackDown right after Survivor Series where he, uh, Heyman ends up getting fired right after it. I think I'm actually gonna go with Punk for the simple reason that I don't remember. Paul Heyman's, and, and, and that's not necessarily because I didn't watch it. I did, and I remember the, the gist of it, um, but the problem I have with it is that it didn't mean shit in terms of that Alliance storyline, and and, and I, the Alliance storyline gives it... I have a really sore spot for that storyline. Uh, really, really sore spot because it could have been better, and so that's not a knock at uh, Paul Heyman. It was a good promo, but I'm giving it to Punk only because of what it meant at the time. What about you, Brandon? Uh, likewise, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give just a slight edge to Punk uh, on that one too. I, I just think his was a little more impactful since it was the show was just so PG at at that time, and then having them come in. Uh, yeah, I gotta agree with you guys. I love Paul Heyman's promo at the time. I remember watching it live and thinking like, "Oh shit, how's he even saying all this stuff?" Um, and obviously, the comments I got from a lot of people when I posted. It was like, oh, you know, facts, and, you know, I can't believe he said that, and this and that, or Paul, he's just saying what we all felt. But, but at the end of the day, he was approved. All those lines were approved, you know what I'm saying? Like, Vince knew what he was going to say, or pretty much the gist. With CM Punk, they cut his mic, bro, because he was legit about to divulge some information that Vince didn't feel it was appropriate at the time. So uh, it just felt more real. So I got I got to go with CM Punk, dude. I'm, I'm right there with you guys. Um, how about this one, though? Probably the king of the work shoots. Uh, a guy that I just covered last week on my podcast, uh, CM Punk's Pipe Bomb or uh, the Loose Cannon, Ryan Pillman at CyberSlam uh, 1996. This one I'm conflicted on. Uh, this one I'm conflicted on for the simple reason that I think that uh, Brian Pillman's meant more to the business because this was a time where kayfabe was fully... We were fully enthralled in kayfabe, and ECW was breaking that. And Brian Pillman, I mean, he's done some crazy, crazy things like, um, you know, hey, Booker Man, you know, look at me, Booker Man. Like, wrest- he's wrestling a pencil that's about to erase him, like, you know, the metaphors, if you will. The problem with Sorry. Cyberslam, and, this is, and the reason I'm going to give it to CM Punk is because of the platform that CM Punk was on c- 
compared to where Brian Pillman was on. Brian Pillman was at, uh, at ECW where people expected that. Uh, and to be honest, I don't think as many people saw that one as, you know, as you would think because ECW had a very small Northeastern audience. Uh, CM Punk was on national television. I don't think that Cyberslam stuff really came into play until, you know, social media came out and WWE Network and we could go back and see that type of stuff. Whereas Punk, we mm. were like watching on, again, national TV with sponsors and a lot of people saw that promo. So CM Punk. What about you, Brandon? I, I, I kind of want to give the, the Pillman one just a little bit of an edge just because of it was in ECW, you know? And so it just had that gritty feel to it. Especially like we see, see like in the arena when he's talking to him. So I, I guess I'll, I'll give it a slight edge for that. Um, of course, you know, because the way he, his delivery of the promo as well. Yeah, I can't hate on it, dude. This one's honestly splitting hairs, and I could go with either one of you guys. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Kenny just because of his. He, he did make a great point. It was the platform. You know what I'm saying? Like I myself, I didn't see Pillman's live, so when I saw it, the the effect was. You know, there's there's an effect that wears off a little bit once you know something's not live, and once you've already seen right. how it plays out. Right. Where with CM Punk, the shock value was just like, holy shit, he's saying this, and then to watch it play out in real time was just something that you can't. You know what I'm saying? You 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 can't redo. You know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. it's just it's impossible to go through that again. So for that reason, I'm going to go with CM Punk. Um, all right, these last two, I, I've cut some of them out because I kind of did this category last week for, for Brian Pillman, so I don't want to repeat too many no of them. Um, here's one that's definitely a repeat, but, I mean, fuck, it was just too good. It's the most recent work shoot that we've honestly had. Um, CM Punk's Pipe Bomb or The Miz on Talking Smack? Oh, you're gonna you're gonna hate me for this one, but uh, yeah. I I was a huge fan of the Mizzes, um, mainly because of the emotion that was involved in it. CM Punk, it's not that the content was better; it was that the there were close-ups. I vividly remember it. I don't even have to watch the clip. It's like I vividly remember the close-up and the Miz is looking at the camera and his eyes are watered up. Because he's yelling, not because he's crying, but if anyone has been that mad, they understand that your eyes water up because of the emotion that you're throwing. You're throwing, your, your face is red, everything is blood red. So I'm actually going to give it to The Miz because it that was, to me, the point that completely changed the trajectory of The Miz's career. Because you went, he that was when he completely dropped the, oh, this is real world Miz and a WWE, um, what do you call it, like a... A WWE product Tough enough yeah, yeah like you know what I mean like he was a WWE guy and you just went oh the Miz is actually a good fucking character and so to me it just it, it's the Miz damn man yeah I, I'm torn with this one because I'm such a Miz mark uh, and I, I kind of agree with Quinny, Kenny in that like I love the the emotion that's like in that promo and like you just getting so fiery with it um it's it's a good promo. Uh, I I get the slight edge to Punk just because I like the it, Punk's felt more like oh he shouldn't be saying these sort of things in his promo as opposed to the talking smack. Even though the talking smack one was great because it had like the emotion and stuff behind it. Um, I, I kind of give the slight edge to to Punk's. Yeah, this one's super hard for me too, dude. Because. But I, I, I remember watching it, you know, I remember watching Talking Smack, and it, that's the promo that made Talking Smack a thing, right. you know what I'm Absolutely. saying, like, 
I love CM Punk's, but The Miz is still, The Miz capitalized off his, and even though CM Punk did capitalize off his too, I feel like The Miz high off of, off of that promo where CM Punk's kind of fizzled out after that summer. Exactly ended. why, why I think that promo is important, yeah. Exactly, so now mm -hmm. The Miz, you saw him correct his trajectory, now he's back to where he always should have been, and that promo has a lot to do with it, so... I 100%, I, I got to go with The Miz, dude. Even though I love CM Punk and it was great and it, it did a lot for the business, The Miz is, man, to your point, both of your points, you could see the emotion in his face. You could see that he meant every word that he said. So I got to go with The Miz. Um, the last one is one that I don't know if uh, anybody's really expecting, but it's one that, I mean, I kind of, it's kind of weird that I forgot it last week when I was talking about it because it it's ECW-based, honestly. Um, so The Miz, I'm sorry, not The Miz, CM Punk, and the pipe bomb or the franchise throwing down the NWA World Heavyweight Championship and proclaiming himself the ECW World Champion. Yeah, like him throwing down the title, that was pretty crazy, like pretty disrespectful, you know, in a sense. So, like, that's that's really, you know, he's really pushing it there when you're, when you're watching that. So. Damn, I, I I guess I guess I'd have to give that one uh, the edge over Punk's just because you know the act of you know throwing the belt down and like I'm doing this other championship belt. So I guess that the stakes are higher, you know, in, in a wrestling sense in that manner. Shane, uh, so I guess I'll say that Shane Douglas doesn't get enough credit for changing the business. Uh, Shane Douglas is kind of lost in 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 you know the wrestling annals because WWE won the war, ECW you know let got left out. He doesn't like WWE, but you got to realize we talk about work shoots. Nobody knew but like Paul Heyman and Shane Douglas that he was going to throw down the belt. So that was a, I don't even count that as a work shoot. That was like literally shoot. that was a shoot shoot. Like that was <laughs> they were just completely shooting. The, the president of the NWA was there. And they did an interview with him afterwards, and he was just, like, completely pale in the face. Like, he didn't know what was happening. And then the promo... Okay. Hate me all you want, fans, but especially flashback, flashback wrestling fans, this is controversial. Shane Douglas is one of the best promos in the professional wrestling business. Shane Douglas can cut a promo without trying. He has the voice, he has the look, and the content of what he says and Shane Douglas never got his 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 just due in that sense so that promo he cuts it and he says in front of God and my father and stuff and it just the way like he ties it he makes it such an emotional moment and says it's not about f fuck this title it's about how prestigious this title is and how we're gonna change the fucking business that's essentially what he said and he said I'm not gonna carry this old shit I'm not going to carry a title that represents people like Ric Flair who I don't want to be associated with. I'm going to usher in a new era for me and for ECW, and we're changing the damn industry. And so CM Punk can say whatever the fuck he wants, but Shane Douglas completely revolutionized the business, and he doesn't get enough credit for it. No, absolutely, dude. I believe something, what he says along the lines of the franchise is not the kind of man that wears a banner of a company that died you know, R.I.P. seven ago. years ago. R.I.P. ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the franchise is the guy that ignites the flame that will lead the revolution to the new to the sport of professional wrestling. Like everything he says, dude. Like I haven't seen that promo in, in almost a year, and I still remember, you know, the majority of it because it's that impactful. 
on that iconic. Um, and, and yeah, to your point, he does he disses the title by throwing it down, but before he does that, he builds it up. He says the Ric Flairs and the Rick Steamboats and the Fat Man, you know, Dusty Rhodes, yeah. um, and it all, you know, and it means all nothing. Kiss my ass is what he throws. And he throws it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he throws it down. So yeah, for that reason, dude, it's the franchise, the balls that he had to throw the the NWA World Heavyweight Championship to the ground. Um, you know, saying that Dome Glow belt is iconic. It's still around to this day. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and he took it. And he didn't want it. He rejected it. So I got to go with the franchise, man. Uh, it, it it's really hard. CM Punk has one of the best modern day pipe bombs. You know, shoot shoot work shoots ever. But dude, that that one that with the franchise shoot. that that. that that was, that was a real do- they were, legit remember, shoot, so. Doink the Clown was wrestling Crush in, in 1993 at that point. You know what I mean? Like, you got to remember the state of the WWF. Speaking of Crush, here we go. It's just a little crush, crush. Not like our pain every time we touch. It's just some little... All right, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You got to understand the state of the business when Shane Douglas did that. It was completely different. We talk about the PG era. It was PG PG back then. Like it was mm-hmm. less like mm-hmm. it was so different, so so different. And Shane Douglas was completely like I mean throwing titles down and you know cursing and saying you know the, the bunch of stuff. So I mean uh, I think Shane Douglas. I think I know we're we're on a different tangent here. Let's let's we're, we'll end this episode still talking about CM Punk, but let us not forget that Shane Douglas was a very controversial figure. Right up there with Brian Pillman. People give Pillman the credit. They don't give Shane Douglas the credit. Fucking Kenny. I'm doing a Shane Douglas tribute day. You talking yeah. about Yes. <laughs> it's coming soon, guys. You heard it here first. I'm a Kenny for your thoughts. Slash, slash, wrestling. Right. It's coming. Shane Douglas, the franchise. One of these days. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's a good place to start start wrapping up. But uh, So tell everybody where to follow you if they're listening from for a Kenny for your thoughts podcast here, where to follow you on social media. Yeah, sure, man. If you guys are listening to me through a Kenny for your thoughts, first of all, thank you for listening. Second of all, make sure you guys are following me on social media at Flashback Wrestling on Instagram, at FBW Podcast on Twitter. Jump in on the conversation because it gets real good sometimes. You guys piss me off enough to where I engage and start going <laughs> off on you guys, so it's always pretty fun. Uh, make sure you guys are following me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play. Check me out on WrestlingExaminer.com. Leave me a review. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of ways to get in contact with me and, and, and to interact, so make sure you guys are doing well. He moved, though, recently, so don't go to his old house and try to find mm-hmm. him there because he's not there yeah. anymore. If you're all uh, listening, I mean, you can all see he paid the, the light bill now because the last time his other house did not have lights last time he was on a Kenny for your thoughts podcast. No, I'm just ribbing you, buddy. But um, you already know, <laughs> if, if you're listening on uh, flashback wrestling, uh, I did want to remind you all to go find us um, at a Kenny for your thoughts podcast on Instagram um, at Kenny podcast on Twitter. Um, I think Wesley will tell you my type of humor is just completely different. Wesley's the straight man. I am definitely the guy who posts the memes and, you know, you talk about pissing me off. I will, if you don't buy into my memes and you think I'm being serious most of the time, I will completely run with it and I will work the hell out of you. Um, I'll, you like, I posted a hardcore Holly meme. Uh, it was really Eric Young and people are like, you know, that's Eric Young. And I'm like, no, stupid. That's hardcore Holly. I'll work you. I'll completely work you. So please follow us on social media. Um, listen to the audio version of this podcast, uh, Kenny for Thoughts podcast, um, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, um, 
Brandon Brandon has a couple tapes with the podcast on there. There's a whole bunch of just nonsense, all right? You can listen to us on pretty much everything. Uh, but please, I will emphasize, please subscribe to our YouTube. Uh, hit the thumbs up on, on this video specifically. Uh, subscribe to us, leave some comments, and uh, we drop a lot of content on YouTube. So we take the time to do a video podcast. Please go watch it. Please watch our beautiful faces. But thank you so much. If, if this is your first time listening, I, I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much, you flashbackers out there. <laughs> yeah, flashbackers. Shout out to Killer Cross. Shout out to Dashing Chris Bay. Xbox. I do, my, the fucking brand is stronger now. I've been growing with, with some of these fucking guys this last month, month and a half. So I got to, for real, I got to send some, send some love their way. Um, comedian Joe List, uh, Sinister Minister. Um, Father James Mitchell, so it's so, so many guys that have, have, have done me the honors of putting my page over, so I got to shout out to all of them, and warning to all you guys, you tread fucking lightly, because me and Kenny are some fucking bullies, dude, if you guys piss me off, <laughs> oh, totally, <laughs> we jump on each other's pages, yeah, we're just going to jump on each other's pages and fucking fool you guys, so we've, we've, we've caused a, 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 quite a few comments to be deleted in our day, already. Uh, totally, uh, totally, totally, we, we've had people block us just because we, we jump in the conversation when somebody's trying to bully one of the other, and Oh man, it, it's fun though. It's fun. We'll we'll be on private messages saying, "Haha, look at this crap." <laughs> so oh, yeah, we, yeah, just know that guys. We laugh our asses off in private. Oh, absolutely, guys. Sometimes. Absolutely. But it's all, all, all in good fun though. All in good fun. I mean, Wesley, dude, it, it's it's so crazy to think. But like when I first met you, you had like what five thousand followers, and I quite literally had fifty. Yeah, man. And look at us now. We're in the thousands yeah. now. We're I'm almost at eight thousand. You're at uh, twenty one thousand. Just a little. Twenty two, dude. By the time this comes out, twenty two for sure. I'm calling yeah. it. Now you yeah. got all of those famous flashbackers. We got people like you know, uh, uh, quintessential stud muffin, uh, Joel Gertner. We got uh, I think not X Pac, but you know, uh, there's a couple people. I mean, I'm I'm on the spot, but I don't remember. There's a lot of famous people that follow us too, and it's kind of crazy to think about that two fans uh, right here sitting here and. And well, three fans, Brandon. You're 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 here too, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, three fans can just grow something to the point where people in the wrestling business have now followed us. And speaking of which, I, I would like to announce something um, here on the joint simulcast. Um, please go on YouTube and search for Wrestle Mayhem, because you might hear two guys who are on this podcast right now commentate that entire show we are now the official commentary team for lake county championship wrestling which is pretty damn cool guys it was a fun experience so please go check that out and you'll hear me basically be a heel wesley so you'll love it Hell yeah. <laughs> all right but before we go oh, yeah, I, sorry go ahead brandon yeah. oh yeah i was gonna i was gonna ask wesley about uh about the lakers unless you needed to end it up with cm punk first I was going to say, baby, uh, y'all got yeah, Anthony so, Davis, right. Yeah, yeah, just really quickly, you know, uh, last season didn't work out too well. But it's a new season now. Ball's out. Ah, uh, <laughs> ball's know. out. <laughs> That's so right. Hey, ball's out. Ingram's hey, out. But look, do you, do you think you got enough to at least win the West? We paid a fucking king's ransom, dude. Uh I was not happy with how much we paid for it. I thought that Ball and, and Ingram and some picks would have been fine. I really wanted to keep Josh Hart. I'm a Josh Hart fan. I really think that they're going to have some good stuff going over there. Um, the sad part is New Orleans didn't even deserve all the fucking players they're going to get. They're all <laughs> they got a lot. Yeah. 
more picks that'll be gone, losses that'll be gone. Nobody's sticking around fucking New Orleans unless it's WrestleMania. So, um, <laughs> yeah, odds are we'll probably get some of those players back in the future. They'll probably come back and sign if they're not too jaded from being for, from being traded. Um, but wait, we have a two-year window, dude. I really hope that we get it done because we have a two-year window before LeBron gets too old to matter. Um, so let's just hope it happens, dude. I, I personally didn't want to pay that much. I thought we paid a lot for Anthony Davis. But if he stays healthy, he's a top five player in the NBA, and we need somebody to, te to team with LeBron like that. So hopefully, you know, next year is an MVP season for one of them, and, and everything works out. Hopefully LeBron's not too overbearing. And, and you know, we've got to choose at this point. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm choosing Anthony Davis. He's way younger, has a way better hairline. So I, I'd have to go with Anthony Davis. But, um, yeah, man, I'm really hopeful over here. We're really hopeful here in L.A., Southern California. It's it's been a long time since we had a playoff game, even. So, yeah. I mean, at this point, we'll even just take a playoff game. Right. <laughs> All right. So, guys, <laughs> before we go, final thoughts on the summer of punk. Absolute waste or good storyline? Good storyline that was absolutely wasted. I think that's the best way to say it. They had everything in their hands. And I don't know what it is with WWE and, and the summer storylines, <clears throat> Invasion. But sometimes they just completely screw it up. And I think that's the summary that we have here on the Summer of Punk. But hopefully, we might have another Summer of Punk on the horizon now. And hopefully, yes. let's cross our fingers that he shows up at AEW. And there, I've said this before on, on my podcast, which is there's only two guys that could make AEW legit. And it would be John Moxley or CM Punk. And there's a strong possibility of getting both. Yes. All right. But thank you guys for listening. I'm out. Wesley? Yeah, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Kenny for your thoughts and Flashback Wrestling. Next week on Flashback Wrestling, we're going to be coming right back to the same format. Uh, we're going to be doing the ninth wonder of the world, China. So make sure you guys tune in for that. It should be a fun episode. So for WrestlingExaminer.com, for Flashback Wrestling, I'm Wesley Avendano. From this end, I will catch you guys next week. Kenny, wrap it up, man. Well, I'd just like to say tune in next week to watch our interview with Chris Van Vliet. Now, guys, I don't know if that's going to be live yet. That depends on Chris's schedule, but I'm really excited to be interviewing the guy that interviews everybody in AEW. Uh, super humble guy. I expect a super fun conversation. I've already told Brandon he needs to be on his best manners. I've already warned uh, Chris to not take Brandon too seriously. Um, we have a mute button ready for inappropriate questions. Come on. But thank you. For all of you for listening to this joint simulcast it's pretty damn fun uh, we'll have to do it again Wesley and I will see you in your DMs on Instagram <laughs> you already know and let's leave you on this yes.